Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ireland Football Fans podcast. Uh, I'm Joseph McCarthy of the Irish Abroad website. I'm joined again by Mark Kennedy of Hawkeye Psychic and Philip Flanagan of the Bottomless Pit of Football. And we're going to look ahead to the upcoming senior men's internationals against Armenia, Ukraine and Scotland in June. And we'll take a look at the other 21 squad ahead of their final qualifiers in Group F against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Montenegro and Italy. Lads, we haven't uh, recorded one of these uh, since March and it's uh, it's good to talk to you again. How are things, lads? Hope you're keeping well. Yeah, all good, lads. Yeah, all good. All, all good here now. Looking forward to the games that are coming up. If we start with the Ireland squad that was named by Stephen Kenny. It's a 27-player squad. It's a slightly bigger than the, the size of the squad that he normally names, but we would expect that with four games coming pretty quickly after one another in June. Um, <clears throat> my, my first impressions was, I think this it's a, it's, it's a settled squad. I think the major omissions players like, uh, like Doherty are, are unavailable to the manager due to injury. I think he'll be able to pick as near as he can to his starting defense and starting forwards. The midfielders that he selected are probably the, is the, the weakest section of the squad. But they're, they've all played under the manager now. It'll be fairly well drilled in his approach to the game. We're going to start the quadruple header with Armenia away in Yerevan on the, the 4th of June. So, Mark, what did you think when you saw the squad? And what are your thoughts ahead of the, the four games over the next three and a half weeks? I suppose, like yourself, Joe, uh, Stephen Kenny's really kind of picked a very settled side and squad. Not much in the way of omissions controversial omissions really i suppose it's good to see some new blood come into the squad like Ebazelli. cj hamilton's a magnificent story isn't it just for his journey through lower league football to blackpool playing very well and not a lot of pace in that attacking final third as well um it'll be very interesting and obviously michael femi uh comes back in again he's had a very good end of season with swansea city so i think overall joe Squad-wise, fine. I suppose the likes of Aaron Connolly and maybe Adam Ida probably looking on a little bit anxiously here to see how these new caps, particularly in the attacking options, fare because good performances here could elevate those guys into more permanent squad positions. So, again, healthy competition. As for this, the fixtures, that Eurovan fixture looks pretty big where I'm standing. Again, Eurovan in June, it'll be pretty hot in terms of weather conditions. Now, the fact that Mkhitaryan um, the legendary Armenian midfielder is no longer available for selection for Armenia. Maybe a plus for us, but I think this is a side that needs to be respected. They have a, very much an attacking kind of mentality and ethos in Armenia, so it'll be very interesting to see how Ireland do cope with that, and particularly with the weather conditions. But if we can get a result, a win in Yerevan, it does set us up for, quite nicely for those kind of epic games, particularly against Scotland and Ukraine. I was watching Mkhitaryan last night for Roma in their UEFA Europa conference, thinking that he's going to pose a danger to the national side. So you can only imagine how relieved I was when I read that he had actually retired back in March. But having said that, there's still uh, there's still a lot of quality in the Armenian team. Up front, Adamian has just won the, the Belgian league with Club Brugge, although he was, he was only there on loan. As well as that, they have Vahan, and, I'm, and my apologies for my pronunciation of his second name. 
Bikachian. He's a 22-year-old. Uh, his name is a mid, uh, midfielder, but he does play up front in Poland with Pogon Chechen. Just finished third in the Polish extra classa. So another another danger man, which I'm sure Stephen Kenny is aware of. Uh, the majority of the squad is based in in Armenia, and the time of year that we're going there, June, it's going to be really warm and sticky in Yerevan. It's an afternoon kickoff, three o'clock local time. And I remember the the last time we went there when we won with a, a late goal from Keith Bahi. You could tell just by watching it uh, the effect that the conditions was have were having on the players. It wasn't paid at, paid at any great pace, which is possibly why we've seen CJ Hamilton and Festi Abaseli promoted to the senior team. Hamilton has a reputation as a total speed merchant, and in those kind of conditions, coming off the bench with that kind of pace could definitely cause uh, problems for the opposition. Phil, I can, if I can come to you, uh, you know, looking down through the through the squad, as I said, it is fairly settled. But with uh, the return of of Afemi, he's almost like a new player. If I can, you know, reach for the old cliche, and with uh, two new uncapped players included, do you think that their inclusion is going to see any kind of change in Kenny's approach to the game, or do you think that he's kind of looking for players that he can slot in for certain roles within the team? I think the players brought in are just extra options for the system he has in place. As you said, two speedsters, two quick wingers. There's a lot of pace on that forward line. Looking down through the squad, like you've both mentioned, everyone can see it is a set of the squad. There's not even that much difference from the squad the last time it was announced by the injuries. It's basically the squad that he's built. I read a lot of articles the day before the squad was announced about who you'd like to see in the squad. And I saw a lot of people naming like five, six, seven players. It's not going to happen. These are serious games. Let's not forget that Stephen Kenny was on the way out the door before he turned it all around. And this is basically his chance, the Nations League and and the next tournament, to show us what he can do. And these are they're tough, important games. Like you've mentioned Armenia away. But lads, everyone's going to want to see Ukraine do well. Ukraine are going to want to do well but they'll be extra fired up. Football isn't that important, but something to lift the nation would be hugely important for them. So there'll be a lot of eyes on us for the two games, and Scotland is always a difficult game. So so they're tough games, and he's gone with the squad he knows. He's kind of done what he did with the last squad. He's made a couple of new inclusions, like we saw Sykes come in the last time, bit of an experiment, didn't really work. This time, he's gone with a couple of wingers. So hopefully, we can see something from both of them and in saying that it's a set of the squad, it's a squad with a lot of opportunities because you have, obviously, <clears throat> the keeper situation we know. We've got three great keepers. I don't think there's much opportunity for either Kelleher or Travers to knock Bizzuno out of out of the starting lineup, and rightly so. He's there for a reason. But if you look down, we've got a back line with Darrell O'Shea, who's hasn't really featured since he's come back from injury. And now we've Daryl Lenehan as well. They'll be knocking on the door ahead of, trying to get ahead of Nathan Collins. In the midfield, you know, the first name on the team sheet, I think, at the moment would be Josh Cullen. And the, the next two go around him. I would imagine he'll play Jeff Hendrick. But Jeff Hendrick fell out of favour five, six, seven games left of the season at QPR. They haven't taken the option of taking him on full-time. He's gone back to Newcastle. There's a chance there for the likes of Jason Knight or Malumbi in these next four games to cement their spot in that starting midfield. So there's opportunity there. And as we know, up front, 
we've any amount of options now, really. Like, Ida's not there, Connolly's not there. But yet, we've brought goals into the team with Obafemi, who's finally in the squad on merit. And, you know, he'd an absolutely electric finish to the season and would not be surprised to see him start. You've also got Troy Parrott, who's, who's had really, who had a really good season on loan. So there's opportunities all over the squad. It's an exciting squad from seven up. Let's put it that way. The midfield is standard enough. Festy as well. Festy had a, he had a solid season at Derby. He got his move. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do. Obviously, Bene has won a, won a trophy recently with Rotherham as well. So there's a lot of players up front coming into the squad with a lot of confidence. And that would be interesting to see because it's genuinely quite like it's quite young up front of a Femi, Festi, of Bene, uh, Parrot. It's, it's got a youthful look. Obviously, Keane and Hogan are in there, but that's because it's hard to ignore players that actually get into double figures and Keane has and Hogan has. So it, it it's exciting. I think this squad is the result of the experimentation that we have seen over the last two years and we can safely say now that this team is Stephen Kenny's playing a brand of football that Stephen Kenny wants to play now with the amount of players in the squad that are are 30 or older you know it has been a long season do you think that there should have been more experimentation or maybe one or two players promoted from the under 21s or you know something that we noted in the last squad as well was that there was no outfield representation from from the League of Ireland the excuse was that the, the league had only just started off. Some players were, you know, they mightn't have had a full 90 minutes in their legs. But we're four months into the League of Ireland season. Jack Byrne has been playing some really good football for Shamrock Rovers, who are top of the table. I was a little surprised that there was no League of Ireland representation at all. Mark, do you think that that's something that might, might be addressed over the four games? You know, could someone, uh, someone be called into the squad like Talbot was in the last international window? I think so, potentially. But... I think going back to Phil's point, the major critique on Kenny in the last two campaigns has been we've been out of the running very early. And I mean, this Nations League campaign is the classic opportunity for Stephen Kenny to really say to everyone how this squad has evolved and be competitive in a quite a competitive group. So I can see his mindset. He's looking for results. He's looking for a good, solid start. I do agree with you, Joe. I think maybe there might be scope, particularly in that third or fourth fixture for we're going to have some injuries, I would say, end of the season. Not that players have played good minutes in the last five, six months of the season. So there will be inevitably injuries coming in. And again, it will probably all depend as well on the other 21s as well. Uh, they have three vital games coming up. I think we may see one or two. I mean, as you say, Jack Burns played very well. Danny Madru impressed me an awful lot this season. So I think we might see one or two, but again, I think Stephen Kenny, Johnny Eustace and the rest of uh, the management team, I think they're quite content with the squad that they have here. And they have now two weeks to kind of mold the squad and really get more kind of uh, confidence in the game plan, I would say. Just to just to make, I think Jack Byrne is an interesting one. I, Jack Byrne's an amazing player. And when Jack Byrne was first being called into the squad, I think it was because we were really struggling to score or break teams down. But I think we've got to the stage now where there genuinely isn't a place for him in the starting eleven, because there's so much emphasis on our wingers and our and our forward players that we don't need that extra body in midfield to try and break teams down. I think we saw it, that we saw it with Sykes and we saw it with Connor Ronan. We saw some experimentation with them, but it didn't really click. And when we focus more on wing play, we got results and we started scoring goals. So I think there's just it's 
it's not a poor reflection on Jack Byrne. I just think it's, there's genuinely not a place for him in the squad at the moment. Are we in any danger of paying our opponents too much respect as well? I mean, if you look at Soromenia's recent results, in the 12 months before the game against uh, Ireland, they'll have only won one game. It was a 1-0 friendly against Montenegro at home, but they've also lost to Sweden, Germany, Romania, North Macedonia and Norway when they shipped nine goals in Norway, but they had a defender sent off early on and, uh, well, Norway had uh, Erling Haaland and Josh King starting up front for them. You know, even if you look at just their home games, they were beaten 5-0 by North Macedonia, they were beaten 4-1 by Germany, okay, their last home game, as I said, was that 1-0 win against Montenegro. So I would expect us to come away uh, with a, a win uh, from Yerevan before we play Ukraine at home on the 8th. Now, one of the ironies of international football is that two of the teams in our group, Scotland and Ukraine, are going to face each other in the World Cup playoff in Glasgow only five days before, before we face Ukraine. Uh, I can imagine that game is going to be draining for uh, a number of reasons. Scottish fans at home, it's always a partisan crowd. Ukraine, a lot of their players haven't had a lot of regular football in uh, recent months due to the, the ongoing conflict, obviously. If they have a, get a loss in Glasgow, the last thing they want to do is come to Aviva Stadium where the fans are going to be expecting a win. I have no doubt that the Ukrainian players and fans will be welcomed. But as soon as the whistle goes, that'll all go out the window. On the other hand, beating Scotland will mean them coming here on a high. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that that first home game um, on the, the 8th of June, uh, which will be followed up pretty quickly by Scotland on the 11th, uh, a game that we're, we're all going to be attending. And hopefully we'll be able to do something before the game around the stadium. Yeah, just to come in on your point about um, showing the opposition too much respect, again, my I can't remember who it was, but I remember a few years ago a player was interviewed. I think we had lost 1-0. Someone, I can't remember, was it one of our midfielders who was basically saying, oh, you're expected to, to go out to Armenia and turn up and beat these lower-ranked teams. But in, in actual fact, they're way more technical than us. And they keep the ball and they're, they're actually much better than us, even though they don't have star names. And I think that used to be the case up until even a few years ago because we used to be so one-dimensional. But now we have so many technical ball players in our team. We have the likes of Cullen and our forwards are quite skillful that I don't think we'll be as afraid of these teams anymore. And I think we're well able to match them in the technical stakes and, and even just keeping the ball. So I don't think we should be afraid of any of the teams, to be honest with you. Wary, but not afraid. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Phil. I suppose the weather conditions really do kind of play the factor uh with armenia uh but again as joe said uh <clears throat> the friendly games and the world cup qualification was on a mitigated nightmare for armenia and i think to be fair if Ireland can go about this in the right manner really what they did in baku against azerbaijan they really should be creating the chances here to win this game pretty handily to hand maybe blooding a few guys in, in the second half but, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of respect for Armenia, but I suppose the first game in the Nations League, we want to kind of start in front foot. We don't want the vultures overhead again on Stephen Kenny, given the start of campaigns in the World Cup and the Nations League as well. Do you think that a bad start could lead to that? Potentially. I mean, it's a result business after all, Joe. If we can't get a result, if we lose to Armenia, I mean, there's going to be daunting games here against Ukraine and also Scotland as well. So 
the long-term contract has been committed to by the FAI and you'd hope that the FAI would be there and uh, trust their man. But, I mean, we've seen before on some of the media and some social media outlets have been pretty quick to kind of stick the knife in where, where they could on Stephen Kenny. So I hope that doesn't happen, Joe. It's just kind of a worst-case scenario plot here. I think that he'll be given, definitely be given the first game against Armenia to show how he wants to play the Nations League games. I think out of the first three games, Armenia, Ukraine and Scotland at home, uh, I would expect us to come away with at least five points, you know, a win and at least two draws. I think the away game against Ukraine, which will be held in Poland, yeah, I think he'll get a bit of leeway on that particular result. But if, if we see the continued improvements in performance that we have seen over the last nine months, you know, going back to the qualifier away against Portugal in September, I don't think a bad result against Armenia will lead to that straight away. Now, as I say, after the four games have been completed and we'll be reviewing those in about a month's time in June, I'd like to think there won't be any snap judgments made, but, you know, anyone who's ever been on Twitter knows that, you know, a hot take is um, very much part of uh, football discourse online. Just looking at the the Scotland squad then, obviously we'd probably be, we'd be much more familiar with that than the Armenian or Ukrainian squads. And I think it does compare fairly evenly with the Ireland team. Again, the average age is around 26 uh, with their two first choice goalkeepers, Craig Gordon and David Marshall, skewing the results a little bit. They're 39 and 27 they have no other players over the age of 30 in the squad. They have a couple of players who are 30. Uh, Narches Grant Hanley, Motherwell, Stephen O'Donnell, Stuart Armstrong from Southampton, Ryan Jack from Rangers. Um, so I think it's actually is a, a bit of a youthful look to it. John McGinn is the only player in double figures for international goals. He is 12, which is, you know, I think similar to James McLean's 11 goals for us. So, I, I, you know, I think the those two games against Scotland are going to be fairly well matched. I was at the game the last time we played Scotland here in the qualifiers for Euro 2016. And after we drew with a debatable goal from John Walters, I'm still not sure if it was onside or not. I genuinely thought that Scotland were going to go to France instead of us. Uh, but that, Georgia. All, yeah, and Georgia did us a favour, um, yeah. which we are all we are still grateful for. Have you guys had a chance to look at, the, at Steve Clark's squad? Yeah, I mean. Joe, it's a very consistent squad. I mean, very much Stephen Kenny kind of base. You know, results have come. Steve Clark has really kind of trusted guys um, delivering here and they've kind of kept their place. I mean, you, you look at the goalkeeping position, as you said, vast experience there with Craig Gordon, who's been outstanding for Hearts. David Marshall, who's now moved back to Hibernian. Um, and then you're looking at the defensive midfield forwards. There's not a lot of marquee names there, obviously. Um, Jack Hendry, I think, won there to watch. Maybe didn't have such a good career with Celtic. He's gone to Bruges, won the Belgium title. So, I mean, a guy, will he get game time? I mean, this is all pointing to Scotland on June 1st. They really need a performance against Ukraine in Hampden Park. I mean, that'll be such an emotional night for either side. I think you said, Joe, at the start of the podcast, whoever loses that, it's going to be a massive motivational kind of issue here to kind of bounce back into these Nations League game. But overall, I mean, it's a very solid side. I mean, you look in the midfield area as well, the likes of Billy Gilmore, he's back from North City where he got some game time. Ryan Jack of Rangers, uh, Callum McGregor, David Durrentbull of Celtic who have retained or regained the SPL title. And then the forward line, I do like the forward, 
the strikers here, Che Adams and Southampton. I know Southampton had a dire second half of the season, but I felt Adams was very kind of prominent throughout the season and really hits on that last man defensively. So, And likes of Ryan Christie's going to be playing EPL next year for Bournemouth. Lyndon Dykes has scored a few goals for QPR. And Ross Stewart as well. We see it full effect with Sunderland in the League One playoff win against Wickham. So, they have to be respected, Joe. I mean, you know, as I say, we probably match up nicely in certain areas, but they do do have marquee names in terms of like Andy Robertson, guys like that. But again, we shouldn't be afraid. We should be free to kind of express ourselves on the pitch here. And you never know, that June 1st fixture is going to be massive for Scotland or Ukraine. And really, that could be an advantage for Ireland, ultimately, in this Nations League campaign. Uh, the night we play Ukraine, uh, Scotland will be facing Armenia in Glasgow. So, Whereas we're going to be flying to Armenia and then back, Scotland have two home games, well, the playoff at home and then their opening uh, Nations League game against Armenia also at home before a short, a short trip to Dublin for the game on the 11th on the 11th of June. You'd wonder what effect the long-distance return flight to Armenia is going to have on the players as well. Do you think, okay. Joe, that he might leave players in reserve? Well, Josh Cullen's suspended, so he won't be going. So yeah. he obviously he's not going to start. He's not going to play in that Armenia game. So I would expect him to start against Ukraine and Scotland. We know you can only name a 23-man squad on the day of a game. I think he should know the players that aren't going to play against Armenia before flying out. And the players that aren't going to play in that game should be left behind and told, I'm leaving you here so that there's no travel-related fatigue uh, on you and you can expect to make an appearance against Ukraine or Scotland or both. He has a knack of, of calling players up and not even playing them as well. Don't be surprised to see CJ Hamilton get zero minutes, you know, in the first two, three games, depending on how it's going. I I think because of the four games, because there's four games in 10 days, I think every player in the squad is going to see minutes. You know, it's a, it's a very fast turnaround after every game. Fatigue is going to set in after, after the third game. And then, you know, we have another long flight after Scotland to Poland to face Ukraine. Goalkeepers aside, I would be very surprised if any player had zero minutes out of the four games. It is a very aggressive schedule, isn't it? From the 4th of June all the way to the 14th. Yeah. Almost feels like a Christmas program, doesn't it? A bit. A little bit, yeah. A lot will depend on how either Ukraine or Scotland get on as well, as you mentioned, because... You know, there's the potential for extra time. There's the potential for extra time in two games for one of them. Penalties, like, and that's two games in four days for one of them. And, you know, if Scotland go in against Wales, that's going to be draining for them. Big time. And I know Armenia, Scotland should be looking to beat Armenia at home. But it's it's just a lot of football in, in a week, you know, potentially for, for both teams. So, And it is, it's end of season as well. So it'll be interesting to see how we shape up as well, as you said. Like there could be there could be a lot of tired performances come the third or fourth game for for all the teams involved. But there's such a massive prize for both Scotland and Ukraine, really, isn't it? And Qatar, I mean, that June first, I mean, then to kind of pick yourself up and then kind of bounce back with a performance against Ireland, maybe a bit difficult. Uh, to be perfectly fair, and as you say yourself, Phil, as well, that Welsh game, if Scotland were to get through, can you imagine the media hype and everything on that one as well? The energy levels here to dedicate to that fixture alone. It's going to be, uh, we're criticising a quick turnaround here, but I think for either Scotland or Ukraine, you have to kind of bear in mind there's World Cup qualification permutations here as well. So whether they have one eye on the Nations League probably remains to be seen, I think. 
look, it's there's a lot of football going to be played in the next couple of weeks, and I know it's not a, a tournament year, but with the amount of games that are on, it'll feel like it, and uh, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Not only was the senior squad announced during the week, but the under-21s manager, uh, Jim Crawford, has announced his under-21 squad to face Bosnia-Herzegovina, Montenegro and Italy in their final three group qualifiers for the European under-21 championship. An excellent result in the last round against Sweden has pushed the boys in green right into contention to finish second. And even with a possibility of finishing first, if Sweden can do us a favour against Italy, you know, looking down through the squad again, like the senior team, it is very settled. But uh, we've seen uh, the first call ups for Teo Adaramola, Crystal Palace, who's uh, made his first team debut for the Eagles this season. QPR's Sinclair Armstrong, Joe Hodge from Wolves, who got promoted to the Premier League 2 uh, just this week, and Cork City's goalkeeper, David Harrington. As well as that, Borussia Mönchengladbach midfielder Conor Noss returns after appearing a few times for the Defolen in the recently concluded Bundesliga season. And one of UCD's best players of the season, Liam Kerrigan, have returned to the squad. Nas actually scored against Ukraine in a friendly that was organised as part of their Ukrainian training camp in Germany. The first two games are at home, uh, Bosnia and Montenegro. And we've already beaten Bosnia and we're unlucky to lose against Montenegro. I think we should get six points from those two games and going into that final qualifier against Italy, looking to top the group and qualify for the Under-21 Championship Finals for the first time ever. Mark, what did you think of the squad? And what do you think of our chances are of going to the tournament next year? I think there's very high hopes uh, for the squad, uh, Joe. I'm pretty excited to see some of the names. Delighted to see so many League of Ireland players in the squad for a start. I know we've criticised in terms of Stephen Kenny and domestic homegrown players, but it's great to see the likes of Brian Maher there. I mean, for Derry City, he's been playing outstanding stuff uh, this season. Uh, Dawson Devoy, uh, Dara Burns, Stephen Kerrigan, as you say, being really good for UCD. In terms of the fixtures, I suppose Bosnia-Herzegovina, again, these are under-21s. Hopefully, lessons have been learned from the start of the campaign where an awful lot of concentration lapses have really cost us points. And that Montenegro game on Bank Holiday Monday on June 6th in Talisdain is going to be a huge one. That makes secure us second place minimum. So before we go to Ascoli to play Italy on the 14th of June. So really, to get the job done, that Montenegro game, certainly, you know, we were caught absolutely cold. I think it was a good lesson for any of those under-21 players on duty that day that you need to be on it from minute one. Uh, there was a few kind of defensive lapses there and that we had too much to kind of bridge in that second half. But all in all, Joe, looking at the squad, and you go down through it, like likes of Connor Coventry's had a very prominent season. Uh, West Ham, MK Dons. I mean, Joe Hodge, as you say, has been very highly rated in Wolverhampton Wanderers. Connor Noss as well came out from much in Gladbach against Ukraine, actually in that friendly match there a few weeks ago. But it's great to see Ross Tierney as well, doing so well with Motherwell. This has the potential, Joe, under 21, to really secure qualification here. I mean, really no excuses when you see the depth and breadth of this squad. It's it's a, should be a match for anyone. I mean, that Italian game in Ascoli will be a tricky fixture, just given how polished the Italians were in Tallis Stadium. But again, let's take care of business. Let's get our six points out of Bosnia-Herzegovina and also Montenegro. And that June 14 game, you just never know. We may get a, a, a result there as well. So 
I think it's nicely poised here uh, for Jim Crawford and uh, the lads to get the results for a minimum playoff spot at least. Well, looking at the the squad itself, I have to say that the the midfield looks maybe even stronger than the the senior squad, and it's a it's a shame in some respects that the final qualifier against Italy is going to be on the same day as our game against Ukraine, because it'll mean that um, there's no chance for anyone to get promoted from this from the under 21s to the senior team. There's a lot of pace in in defence. There's a lot of talent and steel in midfield. And up front, you can see goals all across the players that are, have been named uh, as forwards. <clears throat> I'm hoping to attend at least one of the two games that are going to be held at Tala Stadium. They're all going to be televised. So what do you think of our chances of finishing at least second in, in the in the group? I, I think they have a great chance. I think anything other than a playoff. I think <clears throat> playoff is minimum now, especially with that huge result against Sweden. And I think the way the fixtures are falling are also very... There's a chance to get six points on the board and watch Sweden and Italy duke it out and see what happens. There's just a great opportunity with the way the fixtures have fallen. And just to go back to your point about the strength of the midfield, we were talking earlier about the opportunities potentially in the senior team for the likes of Knight and Malumbi to take spots away from Horahan and Hendrik. Well, if those lads aren't going to take those chances in the next four games or in up to September, up to the September games, Connor Coventry, Gavin Kilkenny, Will Smallbone, these lads, they're going to be up there as well and they're going to be chomping at the bit to get at that senior team and they will not be far away next season, I guarantee you. The same with the likes of Evan Ferguson up front, uh, Tyreek Wright. There's so much talent through this team. It's, it's actually, and it's easy to see now a few, maybe like five or six years ago, we'd have a lot of players coming through the under-21 team and you think, yeah, a few of these might come through up to the senior team. They'll definitely come through. It'll be great. Most of them would have fallen away. But it's very, very easy to see five to six of these lads playing senior football in two to three years. I think we're in a really strong position and a, and qualifying for a tournament would really kick a lot of them on, especially at club level as well. So it's exciting and it's up to the management to get them ready. To, as Mark said, there was silly mistakes early on in the group, and there, there can't be any mistakes in the next two games, especially. So, as, especially the way the fixtures fall. So, I'd be expecting at least a playoff place. Yeah, Joe, what do you fancy in terms of the the attacking lineup here for Bosnia? Joe, Joe, you love Odebiko. I do, and I think he's, uh, you know, his his loan this season was. You know, maybe not. Uh, you know, he he scored his first senior goal uh, out on loan this season. Um, you know, I think it might have been a lot to expect of a player's age to save a team from relegation. But on the other hand, if you can score in a team that's playing badly, you can definitely score in a team that's playing well. Tyreek Wright scored in the last game against uh, against Sweden. He's definitely got to be uh, in with a chance. I think out of the eight players that have been named as forwards. I would go with Wright and Odubiku and O'Neill with KO and Ferguson coming off the bench. Those three players, O'Neill, Odubiku and Wright, there's a lot of pace. There's a lot of close control. There's finishing ability. And I think, you know, if you can run ragged by the three of them during the game, the last thing you want to see is someone the size of JJ KO and Ferguson coming off the bench. Ferguson, who, who at 17, is he's like a man, honestly. For anyone who's seen him play, you know exactly what I mean. 
facing players like that after being exhausted for 60, 70 minutes who are just going to bully you for the last 20, it's not going to make for um, it's not going to make for happy players in the Bosnian and Montenegrin defences. Brian Maher has uh, solidified his spot in goals. I'm not his biggest fan. For me, despite being six foot tall, he still seems to be short for a goalkeeper. I think in defence, it'll be uh, Daramola, O'Connor, McIntyre and McGuinness with possibly Lyons placing one of them. In midfield, uh, Comte is the captain. I think it'll be Devoy and maybe Hodge or Kilkenny. You know, Hodge has just been promoted to the side. It might be a lot for him to go straight into the starting eleven. But again, if you ask me tomorrow, I'll pick a different, completely different midfield. That midfield is actually is really talented. And there's a lot of different ways you could configure a team to play with the, the midfielders that are there. I definitely think we're going to get six points from the two home games. We've only scored three goals at home, you know, but we haven't faced two of the three weakest sides in the group yet. We kept clean sheets against Luxembourg and Sweden. And I'm going to go with 2-1 against Bosnia and 3-0 against Montenegro. I'd be happy with that, Joe, to be fair. Yeah. And like I said, if Sweden can do us a favour against Italy, don't forget that they have to win that game if they want to have any chance of going to the finals next year. You'd expect them to get us uh, a win uh, against Luxembourg the night before we play at Bosnia. Uh, coincidentally, the Italians are also going to be playing Luxembourg before the Swedes. They could be going into that final game against Italy, or against Ireland needing a result to qualify as well. So, you know, what can Indeed. you say? Football is life. Yeah, that, that Italian team are very polished. I was very impressed by them uh, when they came to Tallis Stadium. Very compact, very technically well-drilled. So, I mean, for Sweden to really get a win there is asking, I think, an awful lot of Sweden. But as you say yourself, Joe, football's a funny old game, but I would be expecting Italy to have already secured at least a playoff qualification and then ask Lee then basically is kind of maybe a free hit for Ireland to see if we can kind of get a, a result there. Yeah, a win for Italy against Luxembourg will mean that they will be guaranteed at least a playoff. Maybe they'll be looking to that final qualifier against Ireland to uh, confirm first place, whereas you know Sweden, as I say, will de- will have to get a result against them to have any chance of finishing in the top two. We hope you've enjoyed our preview of the upcoming Nations League game for the national side and qualifiers for the under-21s. I'd like to thank uh, Mark and Phil for joining me. No, looking forward to meeting you all on uh, June 11th. Guys, it's been long overdue and really looking forward to that Scottish game as well. That that should be a great spectacle. Yeah, looking forward to um yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I actually haven't met the two boys in person. So we're all gonna meet up for the Scotland game. And uh yeah, it'll be great. Looking forward to some good football as well. Just to add, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting Phil um for the first time. Um we started speaking during lockdown and haven't had a chance to meet up since it ended. That'll be <laughs> that'll be interesting to finally put a, a face to the voice. In our next episode, we're going to look back at the 21-22 season, uh, the highs and lows for Irish players, and uh, we're hoping to have a special guest join us for the first time. I look forward to listening to that next week, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.